0: Uh, on our Newsmaker Hotline. Delegate Nino Mangione is on the house.
1: Good morning, Delegates. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Bruce. Morning, Good morning, Friday, guys, and thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. So, you know, this week we learned that the uh, the house juvie crime tweak is the, uh, the first time car thief gets uh, automatic diversion, and we're not quite sure what that is. And over in the Senate yesterday, we find out that the first-time car thief will get uh, is the responsibility of the DJS. And they have options, but we're not quite sure what they are. What the hell's going on,
1: you know? Yeah, and that's uh, that's my (laughs) understanding. You're right. This modified uh, legislation, the modified version where the, the car thefts committed by the H group would not fall under the court supervision. And that is a big mistake. This is a serious problem. I mean, I put in a bill to address this, uh, both for juveniles and adults. The car theft is probably the most serious problem the juveniles are committing because it is such a danger, it is such a serious offense. And we saw, and what I'm understanding from these state prosecutors is that it's juveniles driving the car theft increases throughout the whole state. I mean, I think there was almost 11,000 in Baltimore City alone last year. And here we are saying we're going to do stuff about juvenile crime, but we're really not going to get serious about the most serious of offenses. Okay, One of the most serious of offenses, I should say.
2: All right. I, I do want you to expand on that just a bit, Nino, uh, be, because the idea of uh, putting 12-year-olds in with hardened criminals is always the objection uh, that uh, those would raise who don't want uh, 12-year-olds or 11- or 10-year-olds punished. Uh, what do you say to that?
1: Well, I think I mean putting them in with the hardest of criminals. I would, I understand that discussion, and not we don't want to do that, but we have to have some type of detentions for juveniles that doesn't allow them to commit these type of crimes and be let right back on the streets, or just have simple diversion programs that aren't fully explained how they're going to be, they're going to go about, and how they're going to even function. So um, the bill we're actually voting in the House on that today. I'm um, doing a little more research before I make my vote. I do think, you know, for example, I, I do think they're doing something which is better than nothing, and it puts me in a difficult spot where I wish they would go further, but at the same time, you know, I do support some of the things. As a matter of fact, I'm very happy to see that when it comes to the juvenile sex offenders, they basically took a lot of my bill and put that into the bill. Um, so I consider that a victory without a doubt, and I'm glad that they're taking measures there. So this is... Uh, you know, the juvenile justice issue, it's come down to really something better than nothing, but it's, it's I wish they would go further.
2: Okay, well, I have a question, a different topic for you, if I might, a Delegate, and that is I understand yesterday uh, that you couldn't even order off your pizza for a while, huh? Uh, they decided to lock you in?
1: Uh, well, that's, you know, I was, I was fortunate. I mean, thank God everybody's all right. Um, you know, God bless the police for their response. I mean, obviously, this day and age, they take threats very serious, and they, their response um, was just immediate and overwhelming in a good way. I thank God, and, and I, you know, everybody again is all right. Was back? I had a meeting back in Baltimore, so I left around four thirty and got out of the state house to head back and sat in traffic, of course. Um, and I was out of there and started getting messages from people saying, "You know, what's going on? Are you all right?" And uh, yeah, I'm trying not to drive. And not really read my phone, but then I started getting some phone calls, and I'm like, "What's up? What's going on?" And it was all the discussion about. And my chief of staff, Mike Kalba, called, and it was uh, obviously very chaotic yesterday. And you know, it's, it's scary when you see those, you hear those type of threats. But thank God, everybody was all right. Yeah, indeed.
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering if it's one of these uh, utes that uh, that didn't like the fact yeah. that they. They were, really be, much, they? They, they
1: were going to
0: be—they were going to be made yeah. to go to a diversion program or something uh, if they're stealing cars. Um, well, my what do we know, I mean, delegate? It, it was a phone call, right? That's all. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, was, was a phone right? call. And they haven't released, uh, you know, the uh, any of that. We don't know whether it was a bomb threat. Uh, I, there was early reports that people were seeing running with guns. They were probably police officers with the guns. <laughs> yeah,
1: but all well, yeah, um, the pictures of the officers—it's it, definitely an alarming situation.
0: So it's not that. surprising they rolled your bill into the larger bill. Did they gut it at all? I mean, have you seen the text did, as far as the sex offenders in classrooms? Are parents going to be so, notified? Are they going to keep them out? What can you tell us?
1: Yeah, so that's a, a very good question. And, and so basically how I understand they're going to implement this is that registrants, and I thank Carrie from our caucus for some of the great work she did kind of breaking some of this down, and, and she sent us kind of what it was doing here, where registrants on the juvenile sex offender registry, they'll have the same prohibitions attending school, when attending school or entering a school as a registrant on the adult sex offender registry. So um, a lot of it is covered there, um, which, again, I'll consider a a major victory. But an adult,
0: aren't they they, uh, restricted from being even within X amount of feet of a school? Yes, that's my understanding exactly. So the the, the same would apply to a juvenile sex offender, meaning they would not physically be allowed to attend school.
1: Yeah, and they would have to find these alternative means, as we had in our bill.
2: Are are uh, you talking about pure virtual or another whole avenue of somebody opening up a school specifically for miscreants?
1: So there's, there's already some options out there, whether it's virtual, and there's this other program. I, I'm not extremely familiar with it, but that was one of the options. Um, so there, there are options that exist already, and that's how, the measures that will need to be taken, and the counties will all be responsible to provide these types of alternative measures yeah. for the students. Question so,
0: for um, you, uh, Nina. Was Jamal Bowman at the state house yesterday? Just wanted to know if you saw him. Jamal Bowman. Who, who's Jamal Bowman? The, uh, the guy that pulled the fire alarm uh, down in uh Conway. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: right. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, well, did he ever get a, a censure for that? Bob? Uh, he basically got a slap on the wrist. Uh, my question is this Are these sex offenders, if they can't be educated in the class, are they going to then be allowed to attend the Thrive
1: Academy? The Thrive Academy. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I've been hearing a little bit about that, but that's. That's a good question, Sean. Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: it could be rhetorical at this point. Who knows? Um, the uh, More with the W. Nino Mangione coming up in just a second. We've got all the bills to talk about here and uh, the votes uh, to be had here as we are now. Uh, just about 40 days left in uh, in the session. So you also introduced a bill uh, that, uh, again, involves these, uh, this porn and this obscenity uh, that is uh, being uh, put in school libraries and, and hoping to restrict that. Uh, what's the latest on that bill?
1: So that bill, unfortunately, has been shot, uh, shot down. Very unfortunate. And the two things I want to get to here, I want to go back. It's funny you mentioned that uh, the Thrive Thrive Academy, and obviously we're making a joke of it because that seems what it, the program is under sheraldi But it just it brings me to a bill we had this uh, this week where it sounds great, right? Thrive Academy, um, when we have no idea what what the, it's really doing. This program, but the governor was in front of our committee. And uh, he actually testified, and I give him credit for that. And it was a big uh, big production, I guess you could say. Um, but he, he sounded great. But his bill, which I don't have the number in front of me. But you know what his bill is going to do, guys? And I'm sure Bruce especially will get behind this, and all of us. It's end childhood poverty. How yeah. the hell they're going to do that? Um, it is beyond me, but of course money. But this bill was... The first in this nation, in the nation, to come up with how we're going to end childhood poverty. Now, it's going to cost about. I thought Lyndon
2: Johnson tried that back in the '60s and worked yet. Twenty-two trillion dollars later,
1: and here we are with more childhood poverty than ever before. And I sit there, and, and there's all types of news media, and all types of you know very nice fluff questions. But even behind the scenes, I think the Democrats are saying to. You know, to themselves that this is never going to work. I know it's never going to work. I know it's very political. I mean, obviously, I appreciate any effort to help children in poverty, but money, and apparently the basis of this is deals with grants, and how, who's going to get the grants, and how they're going to locally centralize this, and have the money go directly to the communities. How they're going to account for where the money goes, I'm not sure, but this is the perfect, in my, in my opinion, uh, definition of uh, I mean it's good politics when the governor sits there and he's, he sounds great, looks great, and sits there and say we can end childhood poverty and we're going to end childhood poverty. You already have a fortune being spent on the Kerwin bill, and if that moves the needle, which I personally am strongly against the, the blueprint for education because of how much it spends, and I don't think it's going to do a whole lot. But if you even move the needle slightly, then the governor is going to take credit and say, "Look at these these programs we created." And then the Democrats are going to be, even the Democrats were asking questions, well, aren't we doing some of this already with Kerwin? <laughs> Which they are. So what you're going to have is the governor be able to say, if the metrics move at all, look, see, look at what we're doing. And it's, I got to give them credit. What great politics. I think yeah. it's a waste of money, and it's not going to actually work. But it's, uh, it was just an interesting thing. When you have the governor come to your committee, it's, yeah. It's very, uh, it's a unique thing in Annapolis, well, and I give them credit for that. Yeah, yeah.
0: it is. But, uh, my my belief on this, Nino, is that any government spending program without forensic accounting is a waste of our tax ta- tax dollars.
1: It's basically, an invitation of yeah, theft. I agree with that, and uh, that's well, and that's part of the reason. For example, uh, you know, when I I want to account for every taxpayer dollar, and that's why, for for example, earlier in the year, the Taxpayer Protection Act that I put, is just to make sure that at least we'll have everything in the open when it comes to voting on these bills, and then, of course, you're right, auditing any program to make sure that the money is accounted for. But, Sean, you mentioned the Sexually Explicit books. I uh, want to follow up with that with HB 588, which actually passed on Friday, I believe it was Friday, uh, the day after, or the day we spoke last Friday, of course, Mm. and then it was later that afternoon, and I believe that's likely one of the greatest assaults on parental rights in the history of this state. And that is forcing the gender identity, the sexual studies on as young as I believe kindergartners, parents' voices, they'll be completely silenced this uh you know, age inappropriate curriculum forced on children and a just a classic example of government overreach. Yep. And this is the left, the woke saying, I mean, basically, we're forcing these views on your children, and we sadly lost this fight, but it it doesn't mean we were right. And this was a direct shot at Carroll County and their school board and the good people there, and I honor their courage for standing up because the, the chairman or chairwoman of the committee literally out loud said, yes, we are doing this because of one county, because they're not listening to what we say, And our state would be better off, frankly, if we had more school board members like they do in Carroll County. Delegate April Rose had a really strong amendment and did a good job defending it, trying to say, let's make this basically age appropriate. But no, they're going to force the gender identity, sexual identity studies on young children, and you're not even able to opt out of it. And that was my bill failed. This one passed. And. It's a very it's very disappointing. It's an absolute yep. assault on parental rights, and I got into a little bit of a forward, uh, heated, heated, floor discussion because I I brought up how children like my little nephew wants to be a you know like a, a dinosaur cowboy from Jurassic Park, and mm. when he gets older, obviously not you know because he's young, innocent, impressionable kid, and this is the type of stuff that destroys children's innocence. Yeah, and of course the member from Montgomery County got up there and said it was absurd that I would uh, talk about things like that. I called my other little nephew wanted to be a gecko when he gets older. So and the point yes. I was, and he says it's absurd that you would make comments like that as a representative who represents the LGBT community. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about?
0: Oh, is that, You're uh, proving
1: my point. Why are Chris you this session You talking about Chris that Fair? Was uh, delegate, what's his name? Vogel. Oh, okay. um, I've never spoken to this guy in my life. I don't have. It goes yeah. against the decorum, really, to call people's <laughs> comments absurd. But I don't care. I'm not there for me. I'm there to protect children and be a voice for parents and parental rights and say whatever he wants about yeah.
2: me. You know, uh, so, listen, we're we're up against the clock, but I just want you to know it's a great conversation. But I am disappointed that you're. Disrespecting dinosaur cowboys uh, because yes, that's true. <laughs> that's a Jurassic skill.
1: Park, one of my favorite movies. Yeah. yeah. All
2: right. Don't De- Nino.
1: Man, Have a good weekend.
0: You too, buddy. On the house, Nino. We'll talk to you next Friday. Thanks so much. You have a great week.